You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Good evening, friends. This is Laura Bellata here, and you're tuned into The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. We have the fabulous Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes here with us, as well as the equally fabulous Rini Clymans. Rini is a therapist who specializes in grief and couples therapy, which ultimately brings us to this week's discussion. As some of you uh, know, we talked about relationships and money matters last week, and we figured this time around, we dig a little deeper and have a discussion on relationships and dealing with loss. I feel like this topic isn't talked about enough. Of course, for obvious reasons. I understand dealing with the loss of a loved one can be very difficult, and everyone has their own way of processing death and grieving. With that being said, uh, when the dynamics of an intimate relationship are placed in that scenario, it can cause a lot of stress and bad decision-making on an individual. Rini, we're so glad to have you guide us through this discussion, and welcome to the show, and Sandra, welcome as well. Thank you. So, Rini... Tell us what you do um, for a living Yes, as a therapist. Right. So I am a social worker, a master's of social work, registered social worker. I work at Baycrest Health Sciences in Toronto, and I also have a private practice where I do specialize in bereavement and loss. Mm. Okay. Um, So would you say loss impacts relationships differently at different stages in life? It, it is a different situation. When we're younger aged, dealing with a loss versus as we age and we're older. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with our assumptive world. We all have a presumed world of how we live. And in that presumed world, we believe that people should live to a certain age. And when anything happens in our lives that shatter that assumed world, it is a different experience. Mm -hmm. But I I think that as somebody that um, personally had both my parents live till the age of 95, I, I was blessed, but it was also hard to lose them no matter what age they were. Um, my husband lost his parents much younger, and uh, his mom before the age six of 60 and his dad around 65. And often when, when you lose somebody at that younger age, mm. you feel that, that somehow uh, life didn't go a- according to plan or that it might not be fair. But then when you look at things in perspective, I work with people that lose a child. And Mm. I'm currently working with somebody who just lost a a nine-year-old daughter to leukemia. And uh, then you just really shift Mm -hmm. how you view things. Uh, So it's hard to lose a person at any age. And Mm -hmm. it really just depends on, on the situation. No, I was just going to say that narrative because I lost my father many years ago, but sometimes it could be so fresh. Mm-hmm. What's the narrative? I mean, he was 75, so sometimes I'm like, oh, he was so young. Or, but then he was like, no, of course not. He had his time. And what narrative can you replace in your mind when you have that assumptive 
um, what's young. So I would have liked my father to go to 95, you know, or 100 or whatever. My uncle just passed away. He was 103. Wow, God bless him. God bless. And all I kept thinking was, why is everybody crying? He had a good life. You know, that's not right either. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's a good point because... We all have kind of society's expectations of how people should grieve. Mm-hmm. And the more we move away from the shoulds and the, the what ifs and look at the reality of what is and, and recognize that people all have different ways of grieving. We're all individuals. We're all unique. Mm-hmm. And and we have to see that. And sometimes uh, we we impose a lot of our beliefs and our views on others. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Uh, how can we compare losing a partner in a breakup to losing a partner who dies? I, I mean, I can relate to this because I had a really bad breakup where mm-hmm. someone broke up with me and they cut off all communication. And it was like, you know, someone took a knife and stabbed me with it and, and ripped it out and because there was no closure. So how can you compare the two? Well, they're different, but they both involve loss. And when we talk about loss, loss or grief is, is the experience of, of losing somebody mm-hmm. who's close to you. And, and loss can also mean we just experienced it in the news mm. just, uh, just recently, right now, with the Manchester uh, mm-hmm. um, bombing. We also experience the vicarious loss of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so vicarious, meaning we didn't know those people in Manchester, but yeah. we feel that but loss. We feel we that. We collectively grieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes. There's things that go on in our, our brains. There's, there's a lot of research now into what they call mirror neurons. And sometimes we watch the news. We even watch a football game. And we see things happen. And we're experiencing mm-hmm. uh, sometimes as uh, the secondary effects mm-hmm. of, of what's going on and what we're viewing. And uh, wow. I, think, I think it's because we put ourselves into the first person yeah as the first person and we feel bad for those people and can't imagine that happening to us but then we could experience the same physiological stress by doing that so we got to be careful about what we watch right okay we'll be back after this message so don't go anywhere you're listening to the dating and relationship show on talk radio am 640 this is the dating and relationship show with laura bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. We're back. For those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to Talk Radio, AM 640's The Dating and Relationship Show with moi and Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes. Today, we're chatting it up uh, with grief counselor and therapist, Rini Clymans, about relationships and bereavement. Uh, Rini, um, many times when an individual has lost someone close to them, they look to their partner for support and for guidance more than ever. Do you feel like there should be a line drawn at the point where an individual depends too heavily on their partner through the uh, grieving process, or is it totally justified, in your opinion? It's, it's important to know that there are people out there that we can turn to, especially people who are close to us. 
And we'd like to think that our partners are those people that we can turn to. But some people are more concrete thinkers and doers, and some people are more emotional thinkers and doers. That's me, emotional. I'm emotional. <laughs> hmm. and, and so uh, sometimes that partner who we choose to be with might not always be the best person mm -hmm. to give us the support we need. And sometimes we do also need to turn to others, to look to others for support, whether that's your family doctor or counselors like me, mm -hmm. um, different places where we can go to that have counseling services. At Baycrest, we have uh, that opportunity where people can contact a social worker and seek advice or support. So, um, yeah. So at what point, like sometimes someone's grieving and I want to recommend this to them and they don't always take that so well. Some people just like, no, I'll figure it out. They don't want to see a therapist. What can I say to them when I know it's going to help them? Yeah. So I always say it's actually a sign of strength to seek out mm -hmm. and to reach out for support. It's not a sign of weakness. And it takes courage to talk to somebody. And sometimes we see when people experience loss, whether it's loss related to uh, end of a, uh, a dating relationship or divorce or loss of a person due to death, that some people are, see themselves as victims and other people's are, people are survivors and thrivers. And mm -hmm. so what does it take to be that survivor and thriver type of person? And often it's those people that do seek out, that do uh, try and enlist the support of others. Mm -hmm. Right. So how about in the case of a couple dealing with the death of, uh, of their child, let's say, um, how do you find that it impacts a relationship? Does it usually tear a relationship apart or, in, 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 or does it make it stronger? Yeah, there's no cookie cutter response to that because... As I said before, all relationships are different. All families are different. And some relationships are strong and others are a little bit more tenuous. And sometimes the death of a child can uh, really lead to challenges in the family unit. I was just meeting with somebody the other day who lost uh, their child. And, and what she was saying that little girl kept the family together. She was the glue. She was the one that they all revolved around. And now the d dynamics are different. And so they have to relearn their world. They have to figure mm -hmm. things out to do and act differently together. Right. And how would you advise them in, in that case, like a couple like that going through that? How would you advise that couple to you, move past yeah, that? or Create new mm -hmm. dynamic. Well, I know in this case that each are seeking individual counseling. So they're trying to find the ways that they can come together again as a family, but also to build their own strengths as individuals. Often when we're dealing with families or couples, they see themselves as a we, and then death comes into the picture, and now they're, they're a me. And it's not the same. It's different. But to help them to, to move forward, to bounce back, to bolster their resilience, 
the more we can work on the little steps that can start to change them towards starting to re-engage in life and activities. Often, often the tendency is to withdraw from social activities after we've experienced a really significant loss. And that's kind of uh, related to how we've been wired and developed as human beings. We started with reptilian brains. And, and when, uh, as we evolved, we kind of had that fight or flight response. And the more... Uh, uh, challenging situations or our enemies were chasing us and those kinds of things, we either took off or we started to get more agitated and aggressive. And these are the choices that that families have to recognize and we can work with them to help them to see. And some of the ways that they can start to help themselves is maybe little activities. It might be something as simple as going for a walk. Uh, going out together for a coffee or to a movie, getting together with friends or family, Mm -hmm. trying to just start little steps. Okay, we have to take a break. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey everyone, Laura Bellata here from Single in the City and you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I've got Sandra Carusi on the mic with me and our wonderful guest, Rini, joining us this evening. Uh, so we've covered a few bases so far. Let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? We are discussing relationships and bereavement. So, Rini, uh, my next question to you is, what are some new ways of looking at grief? Some of the newer ways are to look at grief as a process. And the idea is that there's no linear process. It's not a straight line. That grief is more of an ebb and flow. It's waves. That sometimes we engage in intense grief and feel the emotion. And then other times when we start to re-engage in life and get involved in in activities that are more restorative. So these are some of the newer ways also that grief doesn't always have to be looked at as a negative. And, And that's our tendency, that's our culture that sometimes we can look at grief as an opportunity. We can look at, uh, at it as a way to grow and to, to emerge perhaps a better person than before we experience loss. Hmm. And, and what can you say to someone who's experiencing grief? I, I know that when someone passes away, uh, you don't know what to say to the person. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, there's this misconception that uh, basically when, you know, someone passes away, it's, Shh, you know, don't talk about that person. Where I think it's the opposite. I mm-hmm. think that, that pe- people experiencing the grief want to talk about that person yeah. because they want you to remember that person. They want to remember that person. Yeah. The language of, of loss has always been offering sympathy, giving condolences, I'm so sorry. If we can start to shift that language, maybe we can start to look a little bit differently at, at what, uh, 
people who are grieving really need. And often that's being able to say to them, tell me about the person. Tell me what you miss most Mm -hmm. and what you miss least. Because sometimes we don't want to just put that person up on a pedestal. We want to see the full picture. And the language doesn't always have to be negative. We can also say, what kind of opportunities has this given you? What have you learned about yourself? I've had people who have lost a partner or whose partner is lost due to other things like dementia. Mm. And a lot of the work I do uh, at Baycrest involves that type of loss, which is also an ambiguous loss. But sometimes women who've never been involved in taking care of finances are now seeing themselves taking more of a role in that area. And men who never had to do any cooking are more involved in, in some of those responsibilities. So there's often that, that shift and that change. Mm-hmm. And wow, I learned something about myself. So actually, that word wow, working on what's working well and trying to help people to focus on that, not just the negative material is well, a way to what's help work- them move forward. Sorry, what's working well when you're grieving? I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Cause- okay, so it's those little things you notice. What are some of the exceptions to just feeling down and, and not able to keep your head above water? What are you doing that you notice that's a little bit different from this story? Well, I got together with my friends. I went, uh, I went for lunch. I was able to actually go away for a few days with my kids. These are some of the things mm-hmm. that, hey, that's a different story. And we can try and bring that story out a little bit more and say, wow, you did that. What else might you envision for yourself to be doing? Do you ever suggest that people give back, volunteer their time, Mm -hmm. do good deeds in the world, Mm -hmm. things that make them feel good? Absolutely. We always say time doesn't heal, action heals. And it's how we spend the time. So the more we find time to engage in activities that have meaning, that have purpose, that can help us to really start to feel that we're worthwhile as a person. Because when we experience loss, a huge part of of it is the loss of self-identity, the loss of who we always saw ourselves as being as a person. Because that has always often been tied up with the person that we've lost, whether it's lost due to death or in a a marriage and divorce. So often it is really just trying to, to figure out what activities can give me some purpose and meaning. So whether it's volunteering... Sometimes even just um, going for a walk. I just uh, was at a conference a few weeks ago on trauma and healing from trauma. And one of the findings is that yoga is more effective than any medication in healing from trauma. Very interesting. So these are some of the things that people might be able to start doing. Advice and insights on relationships and bereavement. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be back.
listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. And we're back for another uh, round of interesting questions with our lovely guest, Rini Clymans and Inside Jokes, Sandra Carusi. Uh, let's get back into this discussion on relationships and bereavement. Uh, Rini, um, let's talk about the different types of, of loss. So the different types of loss, we, we've already talked about ambiguous loss when we are anticipating the loss of somebody who's who's close to us. And is it okay to seek counseling uh, f- for for that? Like if you know someone's going to pass away, or is your that dog. okay? That's yeah. fair, Laura. Well, we're we're going to talk about my dog, okay. yes, but she's going to mm-hmm. answer this question first. That anticipatory grief is definitely part of a lot of what we live with. We know that life is always changing. And even though it's hard to imagine that someday things will change. The good thing about life is that often when things are bad, things change for the better. And when things are good, we know that that can change in an instant as well. And so being able to help us to build our coping skills and our coping mechanisms at any point in life, and sometimes being proactive is a good way to look at it. You can really get in before you hit the wall. You can be ahead of the game. You can learn the ways that you can build these skills that are going to help you no matter what you're dealing with. A lot of times we're dealing with the uncertainty of the future. Mm -hmm. And that's what worry is. When we start to worry, that is anticipating some future event. Yeah. And I think that's me in a nutshell. Like I worry, like I I must cry weekly about my dog passing and people think I'm nuts and whatever, but I don't care. Absolutely. No, 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 because (laughs) I mean, I know, but I love him so much and he's brought me so much joy and you know, guys have come and gone, (laughs) but my dog has always remained with me and you know, Mm -hmm. and he's almost like my Mm -hmm. security blanket, you know, when I'm having a down day and, and there's that unconditional love. And I know that there are a lot of listeners out there that like know what I'm talking about. Of course. Yes. I don't want to discount sure. it ever. I'm trying to be funny. Actually, I've heard it said that sometimes the loss of a pet is even harder than losing a person because of that un- unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, see Sandra? No, I know. <laughs> I listen, I I have friends like it takes a while and I get attached to their pet because they are part of the family and they're there every day and they don't you go know, I get that for sure. I can't ever discount, like you said earlier. One question I have I want to talk about is the losses. And something I learned through some of my loss of my dad, loss of my marriage, loss of income, loss of a job, loss of health. Yes. When you look at all those different losses, is it true that the impact is almost the same on all of those to a person when they're grieving? Because you have to grieve all those things, even loss of a job. And I think we're hard on people. You know, a lot of, in this day and age, people are losing jobs so often and and I have extra empathy because I know it's like the loss of a loved one. True or not? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with that, but the, let's uh, let Rini answer that. I think the that. important thing is that we recognize all of those things as mm-hmm. losses. Mm-hmm. There are big T traumas and little T traumas mm. and maybe big L losses and little L losses. But all of those things involve transitions, changes from what was. 
And what we're looking at is the space between here and not yet. And it's that space that we have to try and figure out what we want to help us to accommodate, to adapt to whatever the loss is, whether it's loss of job, loss of relationship, loss of health. Income, yeah. Income, all those things. Mm. Okay, and I know there's uh, a lot of people will grieve, um, uh, well, they'll feel guilty um, while grieving. And what can you say to those people? Like they tend to put the blame on themselves. What can you say to those people? And why do people do that? We all have certain expectations of ourselves. We all try to live up to certain standards. And these moral standards that we hold on to, we want to be the best partner, the best child, the, the best parent, mm. the best coworker, all of these things. And then if we see that we had anything uh, that we could have done to change the eventuality of what happened. We tend to take it personally. We tend to be hard on ourselves. And so sometimes one of the ways of coping and dealing with it is to try and shift our expectations, to let, let, uh, give ourselves some slack, to realize that we did whatever we could and that we're only human. And, and you know that's one of the ways that we might have to look at it. Guilt is, that's a great question because I think that's one of the go-to emotions when somebody dies. Like, I didn't spend enough time with them and I didn't do this. Or if, 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 if I, you know, if, if they didn't come over to my house at that time, they wouldn't have gotten into that accident yes. and they put yeah. the blame on themselves. Absolutely. I have somebody I've been working with that, that lost her husband. She's 67. She lost her husband two years ago. He had a routine procedure, an endoscopy, came home from the hospital, died a few hours later. She called 911, tried whatever she could. It is really a very big load to carry when you feel the responsibility that you could have done something to prevent the loss. What do you, sorry, I know we got to go, but what do you tell someone like that? Like that may have, who she could have called an hour earlier or something. How do you cope them, help them get out of that? So you start to look at the things that they did do and everything that they did do. Okay. And you also, sometimes Mm -hmm. I bring the person that has been lost. It sounds silly, but I say, if your husband was in the room now, what would he be telling us? What would he be saying? What would he want you to be doing? And she will say, he would want me to stop feeling sorry for myself. He'd want me to take the bull by the horns. He'd want me to start doing things and having fun and living my life. So true. Awesome. More with our guests after the break. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Vellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. If you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. I'm in studio with Santa Carusi from uh, AM 640's Inside Jokes and grief therapist, Rini Kleimans. 
Uh, we've sort of uh, gone through some of the hardships that one must face when dealing with the loss of a loved one. So let's talk about something a little more positive, okay? Um, let's talk about moving on. So, Rini, how can you help people stay connected with, with those that have passed? Well, the best uh, way to do that is what we call remembering practices. Being able to hold on to an item that was special to the person. I actually today very consciously wore pearls that were given to me by my mother-in-law when I got engaged. Mm. Uh, And they're very nice. Yeah, I was actually admiring them. And pearl earrings that were my late mother's. So these are some of the things that we can do to hold on to the person, to maintain our relationship. The, the, um, you might have heard the, the saying, death ends a life, not a relationship. And, and so the more that we can wow. s- continue that relationship with the person, I might see myself talking to my parents, even though they've been gone for several years, just to bounce off ideas or to uh, just let them know. And I, tr- I truly believe, I'm very spiritual, I truly believe that they're in the room with you. Yeah. Right. And spirituality is another way that we can really help ourselves to cope with the losses that we're facing. Can we talk about the other side of how you said you speak to your parents, like, you know, to get still keep that relationship? In my case, my dad died almost 20 years ago, and I just wouldn't look at a picture of him or a video because I just can't handle it. And I don't think I finished grieving out that loss. Um, does that have you seen that? And what would you recommend to me or someone like me who who really just shut the whole person out? Yeah, that that's often very common. I I've worked with uh, a woman who lost her husband very suddenly. She was in her mid forties. He was also not that much older when he died, and she could not look at a picture. I don't. Uh, Mm -hmm. She couldn't even say his name. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we've continued and we've worked together for many years, she has started to to be able to share a little bit more about him. And that's when I'll notice and I'll recognize and I'll point that out, that that's really important, you know, being able to to see those those things happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people don't have that opportunity to really work through the loss. And there are ways that we can help people to process the loss, to find ways to feel a little bit more comfortable, to come to terms with being able to talk about it. How about believing that you're going to reconnect with the person again? Because I do believe in the afterlife, and I do believe, and I think that that's something that's going to help me cope with loss once I really, mm-hmm. you know, have that happen to me. I, I truly believe that, you know, I will one day connect with that person again. Do you believe in that, Rini? Well, whether or not we believe in, um, in religious practices, having some kind of uh, belief in some greater power. Right. right, power of the universe, whatever mm-hmm. we want to call it, that allows us to feel some comfort with just incorporating this whole story of the loss into our narrative, mm-hmm. into how we live our lives, and how we can find ourselves moving forward 
despite the losses in our lives. I don't know if uh, you've heard of the um, uh, Sheryl Sandberg story and uh, her book, Operation B, uh, but this whole idea that sometimes, uh, not operation, option B, mm-hmm. sometimes option A is not available to us. And the reason she came up with this title is that after her husband died suddenly uh, a couple years ago while they were on vacation, she was talking to a friend about a school event for her son. And she said to her friend, I want, I, I, I wish my husband could take, or come, to, come to this. And her friend said, option A is not available, but we're going to kick ass out of option B. And wow. he was going with her yeah. to this event. How about humor? Yeah. Is humor yeah. a good way? Humor is a fabulous way of being able to find a way to lighten things up when we can. Mm-hmm. The first time I went to a movie after my dad died, I came out and it was, it was I think, Sex in the City or something like that. And I was laughing mm-hmm. during the movie. I came out and there were tears streaming down my face. And I said, how can I be crying? I mean, how can I be laughing? Mm-hmm. My dad just died. But the more we can accept the ambiguity, that we can feel happy and sad at the same time. That's great. And those are some of the ways that we can bring some of these uh, ways of just dealing with our loss, of, of living our lives, of finding some contentment, some pleasure, some joy, even in the face of death and loss. You know, and, I, I'm glad you said that, sorry, because my default is going to humor, like through all my losses and doesn't matter what, like I just, some people just naturally do that. Comedians in particular, they say are coping with lots of loss. That's why they do what they do. But not everybody is okay with the humor part. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And how does that go over at the Italian funeral, Sandra? Oh, <laughs> not, not very well. I'm just going to throw that right out there. Maybe not, but I heard... If you even smile at an Italian funeral, oh, oh my, you're shunned. Yeah, problem. Yeah. True. Sid Caesar, who was a comedian mm-hmm. back in the day, yeah. said, actually, crying, sadness, and and and, and laughter, laughter yeah. are the same emotion. Because sometimes you laugh so hard you cry, and sometimes you cry so hard you laugh. <laughs> More with our guest after the break. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. We talked before about getting your finances in order for buyers. Well, today's tip is for sellers to get their finances in order before they list, including a conversation about bridge financing. What do you mean? In today's hot market, make sure that you're not walking away from a fabulous offer just because the closing date is a couple of days or weeks later than the closing date of the property you already purchased. It's not as costly as you think, and it'll give you some peace of mind with pre-approved bridge financing options. For anyone that I can help, call or email me with any questions. Call her now, hgp at bosleyrealestate.com, 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca 
on Talk Radio, AM 640. Today we're chatting it up with grief counselor and therapist, Rini Kleinmans, about relationships and bereavement. Uh, Rini, one more question for you here, which we haven't touched on yet, but when would you say is the right time for someone to move on and uh, get back into dating after losing someone? So once again, I'm going to have to say that depends. There is no right or wrong here. And I have had people I've known who've lost a partner and a month, five weeks, six weeks later had the opportunity to meet somebody else and Okay, how about this? What what do you recommend is the healthiest way then to get back into the dating scene after losing a partner? Yeah, so ready can be a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, when somebody might feel ready is when they start to say, I feel ready to start meeting people, or this feels right. And there, the idea, again, is getting away from society's expectations and, and myths and stereotypes and living our life according to our inner and some yeah. beliefs and, and sometimes and what feels right. And sometimes it might be uh, trial and error, right? Try it. Yeah. If it's working out, and if you feel like you're not ready, then just stop doing it. Right. And I've worked with people who start to feel that they're ready to get reengaged in relationship. Sometimes it's easier when the person who you've lost has given you permission to go mm-hmm. ahead. That sometimes makes a big difference. Uh, I've just been working with uh, a woman. She is 65, but her husband passed away. He was 86. And he told her, I want you to start dating. So that makes it easier. How old was she? She was younger, 21 years younger okay. than he was. Wow. But, but I was going to she... say she'd probably have to move to Florida. <laughs> 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 but okay. she is... Knowing that, having that that permission, she's pretty ready to get uh, get into the dating scene. What a great discussion today. Thank you, Sandra and Rini, for being uh, with me today on this week's show. It's not very often that we can sit down and talk about a topic that no one gets to ever really hear about. Uh, to those of you who are going through or have gone through loss, especially while in a relationship, I hope this conversation has been able to provide some peace of mind. You can tune in to Sandra's show, Inside Jokes, on Sundays at 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio AM 640. And to anyone that is dealing with grief, don't hesitate to get help and talk it out. You can reach Rini Kleimans, uh, visiting, uh, you can visit baycrest.org or counselingforcreativesolutions.com. Ask for me if you're looking for any dating guidance or would like to ask a question uh, that you would like answered on the air. You can reach me directly through Instagram. Follow Laura underscore Bellotta. I'm Laura Bellotta. That's me. <laughs> Join us again next Sunday on the Dating and Relationship Show right here on Talk Radio AM 640. Ciao for now.